Hello, early 2000s show lovers. My name is Kiera Williamson, and welcome to the first episode of Rewind and Rewatch. Today, we're going to be talking about the first episode of As Told by Ginger. I feel like I should give you a little background about the show. So this show was created by the brilliant Emily Kapnick. Thank you, Emily Kapnick, for giving me a great childhood show. Love it so much. And that's why we have a podcast about it. This first episode is called Ginger the Juvie. It was written by Emily. And we are first introduced to the amazing, iconic, brilliant theme song sung by Macy Gray called I'm In Between. And if you have not heard this theme song, pause this right now. Yes, pause it. I need you to go pause it and listen to it on YouTube because it is worth it. Oh, it was brilliant. It's great. I mean, I would play it for you guys right now, but I really don't feel like having the whole copyright infringement thing going on. I just started this show and I don't want to be fined. All right, so I'm going to have to be honest with you guys for a second. I don't really know how I want to structure this podcast yet, but that's okay. We're going to freestyle it. And <laughs> as this show goes on, I will have more of a structure of how I'll introduce the show. But for today... It's only my first episode. It's all right. This is just for me. I mean, in anyone else who's actually listening to this right now. But uh, for the most part, I'm just doing this for fun. And so I'm just going to go ahead and freestyle episode one. Okay, so I'll start by introducing all of the characters that we meet in this episode. We get Ginger, obviously. She's the main protagonist of this entire series. Um, her friends, Dodie, Macy, and Darren. Those are her three best buds that she's grown up with. And then we get Courtney Grippling, who's like the most popular girl in school. Miranda, who's Courtney's best friend. And she's kind of mean, honestly. I would like to say that even though Miranda's mean, she's also the best mean girl other than Regina George that we ever got. So yeah, I do love Miranda's character. Next, we have Carl, who is Ginger's brother. His best friend, Hoodsy who is Dodie's brother, and uh, what's his name? Oh, and then Blake, who is Courtney's brother. So Carl, Hoodsy, and Blake all start in like fourth grade, and they're like nine or ten years old. And Ginger and everyone else, Dodie, Macy, Darren, uh, Courtney, and Miranda, they start off in sixth grade. So they're like, what, 11, 12? So this episode begins with... Courtney being a weirdo and using her compact mirror to spy on uh, Ginger and her friends. They're talking about doing their nails after school, which, you know, is like a normal thing to do. Courtney, who seems to just find everything like a novelty because she's just so used to being like rich and enjoying this luxurious life. She seems to think that this is so cool. And so she copies them and has Miranda do her toenails after school. Miranda's over it. Miranda's so sure of herself and does not care about uh, trying to copy anyone. So she was like, why didn't we go to the salon like we normally do? To which Courtney responds, because best friends do each other's toenails, which I actually don't remember if I did that with my best friends growing up in middle school. Anyways, the whole plot of this first episode is that Courtney Grippling is having a this is in quotes, surprise birthday party, because Courtney actually knows about it. And I'm thinking, what's the point of calling it a surprise birthday party? If you know about it, Courtney, just call it a birthday bash. You don't have to be all fake about it. 
and she's been practicing what she wants to say when she gets surprised and this is what she comes up with oh my gosh what a complete and total surprise yep that's courtney so courtney's talking about her birthday list after school with miranda and who's all coming and then she says ginger foutley now miranda is perplexed by this she does not like ginger and I would like to know more background on why she doesn't like Ginger, but I feel like she just doesn't like Ginger because she thinks she's uncool. And she says she'll bring the party down. Um, I, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I had a girl in sixth grade that didn't like me, but by seventh grade, we were friendly enough where we were like school friends, didn't hang out outside of school, but we were friends enough during school. So I remember asking her like why she didn't like me in sixth grade. But she told me it was because she thought I was nerdy. And I remember thinking that was the dumbest reason ever to not like someone. So I guess it pans out that Miranda just might not like Ginger because she thinks she's uncool. Because according to middle school logic, that makes sense. Anyways, uh, Courtney is like, yeah, that's final. Because it's her birthday. Like, how is Miranda actually going to say no to this? And... Miranda decides to concoct this whole scheme of getting Ginger to miss Courtney's birthday party and kind of like ruin her reputation, which totally backfires on her. So Miranda plants this whole seed of doubt of like what Ginger should get Courtney for her birthday. And she says, what do you get the girl who has everything? Which I mean, I guess is true. And I can understand why this would freak Ginger out because she is so excited to go to Courtney Gripling's party because Courtney Gripling is like the most popular girl in school. Um, but I feel like, I mean, I've been in this scenario before where I've met someone and I feel like I've known them long enough to get them a gift, but at the same time, I haven't known them long enough to actually know them. So I have no idea what I'm supposed to get you. And so Ginger's worried about being like a social pariah because if she comes with a terrible gift, she says her life will be a prison. Um, Miranda overhears Ginger worried about it, talking to her friends after school, and decides to come up with a solution. And she takes them to this bank and tells Ginger that Courtney would flip. <laughs> I love the 2000s slang. She says Courtney would flip if Ginger takes the bank sign, which Ginger is nervous about because that's stealing. And Miranda gives her a deadline telling her like you have until 4:15 tomorrow to decide. And so Ginger is freaking out. She's saying, "Do I risk going to prison and steal the sign or do I risk showing up to the party and my life becomes a prison because I gave a crummy gift?" Which Ginger, you you choose not to go to actual prison in every scenario. Middle school passes people, but you can't ever erase prison. Yeah, you choose you choose not to go to prison, Ginger. That's the obvious solution. But in the middle school mind, apparently it's that big of a crisis where you actually have to decide between prison or just social embarrassment. So anyways, Ginger finally decides that she's going to have the courage to come take this bank sign. Um, I guess being popular was really that important or not showing up with a crummy gift was really that important. Anyways, this whole thing is the setup by Miranda. And we know that because Carl and Hoodsy catch Miranda in the act, which I'll come back to them later because they have their own storyline while all of this is going on. But Carl and Hoodsy catch Miranda calling her dad, who is a police officer, 
and reporting a crime that's happening. Okay, so we're at the bank scene and okay, Ginger's friends are hiding in the bushes, which what was the point of coming? I mean, I guess for moral support, but like, if you're not going to help me carry the sign, then yeah, what was the point of coming? Um, her friends are hiding in the bushes and she is standing in front of the sign that says enter and she's getting ready to take it. Um, her friends are talking about her like, oh my God, I think she's nervous. She's not doing anything. And Ginger overhears them. And so she says this most iconic line, which I think I'm going to have to start having a line for each episode. And in this episode, it's this. Ginger says, I'm not nervous. I'm soaking up this powerful moment where I just take matters into my own hands and, you know, like risk going to prison. And I think that is a great line. I have no idea why I love it so much. Probably because she's talking about being powerful and taking control of herself, even if it's for the dumbest reason ever. I still, I still endorse that line. Um, so yeah, that was a great line. So as she's about to take the sign, she puts her hands on it and the cops show up. Miranda's dad is there and there's a couple of cop cars. Um, and Ginger's friends take off. And I'm like, wow, y'all are some fake friends. I mean, I guess I understand you're in middle school and you don't want to go to prison either. But at the same time, you were really just about to leave your, your friend like that? Uh, actually, I can't talk because I had a friend who was willing to leave me. We got pulled over by the cops once. And um, we had just come back from a party in high school and I was telling him everything. He was like, where was this party? What was happening at this party? And I can't lie. I'm not a liar under pressure, you guys. So I was telling him everything that was happening. And he took my ID card. My best friend was like, why would you tell him all of that? And she was freaking out. And I'm whispering to her like, I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't be under pressure. I just caved. And she was about to jump out the car. She told me, like, she told me after the fact that she was contemplating jumping out the car. So yeah, I guess I can understand why Ginger's friends did that based on what my best friend was going to do to me. I keep getting off topic talking about my own life. So Ginger's in the back of the police car and her three friends are in the front of the police car, which does not make any sense to me. You would think that more of them would be in the back, but no, Ginger's in the back all by herself. And I guess the only way to the precinct is to pass by Courtney Gripling's party. So that's what Miranda's dad is doing. He's driving by Courtney's party and Courtney has just come out when everyone has said surprise, but then they hear the sirens and oh my god, I think that my favorite one of my favorite moments is Miranda's face when she wants to revel in this moment of Ginger being in the back of the police car and she looks at Courtney like, ha, do you see it? Do you see what a loser she is? And Ginger at first is like hiding in the back seat, but then she decides to roll down the cop car window, which does not make any sense at all because the purpose of being in the back of a police car is that prisoners are not able to escape but anyways she is able to roll down the police window and she shouts sorry i couldn't make it to your birthday party courtney i got arrested for robbing a bank which you know she was only trying to take the entry sign um so that's a little melodramatic but i guess it's needed in this moment anyways and she says, look, I didn't even get front seats, which why do you care about if you were in the front seat or not? You're in the back of a police car, girl. You got bigger things to worry about. Um, at this point, we finally get something real from Courtney this entire episode. She's genuinely shocked. 
Her mouth is open, but then she catches herself and remembers that this party is supposed to be about her. Everyone's attention is on Ginger right now. And so she clears her throat ahem, and says, wow, Ginger Foutley got arrested by the police for robbing a bank. What a complete and total surprise. That dumb line that she's been practicing since the beginning of this episode. And then everyone starts clapping and is like, wow, yeah, I can't believe it. Which, uh, middle school. Um, to which uh, Miranda gets upset about and is like, can someone please tell me how when Ginger Foutley loses, she still wins? Which, karma. That's another theme. Another lesson learned, Miranda. Don't mess with people. Oh, speaking of karma, let's go into... Carl and Hoodsy and Blake's storyline. They're the younger siblings of uh, Ginger, Dodie, and Courtney, and we'll see what they're up to. So, the only reason why Ginger finds out about her being invited to Courtney Gripling's party is that um, Blake was spying on his sister Courtney, and he overhears it, and he decides to sell this piece of news to Carl, who's hanging out in this abandoned doghouse that he's turned into his, like, boy cave with his best friend Hoodsy. So Blake is using a walkie-talkie to communicate and get to Carl and tell him, like, your sister's invited to my sister's birthday party. And Carl has this petrified eyeball that he is obsessed with. Like, that's his most prized possession. So um, Blake was like, I'll take your eyeball as payment. And Carl is like, the time for blackmail is before you give up the information. So he doesn't get the petrified eyeball. Carl tells Ginger the good news, but only in exchange for her curling iron. And when she asks why, he just says classified and like in the discussion, you don't get to know. But because Carl knows that he has information Ginger wants more, he knows that he's going to get the curling iron. And Ginger does hand it over and finds out that she's invited to Courtney Gripling's birthday party, which honestly, if she would have just waited until um, the next day when she's holding her invitation in her hand she wouldn't have had to give up her curling iron. So you're wondering why Carl needs a curling iron? Apparently he's been giving out curly hairdos in the school bathroom for some reason. We see Carl with like two ringlets in his hair as he's in the bathroom. And then when Hoodsy comes out the stall, his whole hair is curly and it looks quite funny, but he loves it. Um, and this kid comes up to Carl and is like, how much for a curly hairdo? And Carl's like, not selling today, Terrence, or whatever the kid's name was. Carl is like this mastermind child who can talk you into anything and is always like scheming. So him and Hoodsy, they know about Courtney Gripling's birthday party and they think it's the best time to play a whole bunch of pranks on people. But the best spot to do it is from Blake's treehouse and they need to get Blake out of the way so that they can use his treehouse. They play a little mean prank on Blake. I like, I feel for Blake. It's kind of sad because... Uh, okay, he's. they find him playing on the playground by himself, just playing with his little action figures. And Carl invites him to hang out with him after school on the day of Courtney's birthday party. And Carl's rubbing it in, and he's like, you would like that, wouldn't you? And Blake is like beside himself. He is so happy to be included. He's like, yes, I would love that. But then he kind of like contains his composure. And he's like, <clears throat> actually, yeah, yeah, that sounds good, sure. And... Oh, he just wants to hang out, which I like that dynamic between the kids and the um, middle schoolers in this, the elementary schoolers and the middle schoolers. So Blake, Carl, and Hoodsy have this dynamic where Carl is kind of like 
the cooler kid and even though Blake has more money and like I guess status and prestige within the community that doesn't really matter when you're that young and like in fourth grade elementary school because Blake still looks up to Carl and just thinks that he's like the best thing since sliced bread but with the middle schoolers they base everything about like what you have and like material things and Courtney has this whole air of personality like she owns the school because people respect her because of all of these things that she can have so I do like that dynamic how it's switched between the middle schoolers and the elementary schoolers and just showing that as we get older we care about things that are not so important anyways back to the story Carl has been playing Blake Blake comes over, knocks on Carl's uh, doghouse door. Carl's not there. And then Blake realizes that he's been like stood up and he got duped when he's hanging from a tree from a net because Carl has set up this trap. Um, Blake has to call someone to cut him down. His butler's already left, so he calls him back to cut him down. And we cut to Hoodsy and Carl in Blake's treehouse, eating up all his good snacks, I might add. And trying to figure out how they want to do the best pranks. And that's when they get a picture of Miranda calling her dad on Ginger. Anyways, it's later in this episode where I'm saying karma is again another theme in this show because after Blake gets cut down by his butler, he is like, I'm not going to have this night be wasted for nothing. So he decides to steal Carl's most prized possession, his petrified eyeball, which is disgusting, by the way. I don't know why he owns that thing, but... He does. And Blake decides to take it because he's like, y'all wasted my time. I'm going to take something that's valuable to you. Which honestly, I'm like, good on you, Blake. You deserve to have this moment. And so by the end of the storyline with Carl, it lines up with Ginger and Carl is watching his sister being taken away in the back of a police car, which Carl's excited about um, because, you know, how younger siblings do. Don't care about if you are okay or not but they're more concerned about what they can do with your room if you don't come back which I have two younger sisters and the youngest one is always talking about when I leave she is going to take my room that's basically the recap for this first episode and I found a couple of things that I found interesting just about like the relationships and how things worked out between this so we know Courtney Grippling is the most popular girl in the school and normally when like early 2000s shows and like movies think Regina George mean girls when you're popular you're also super mean but Courtney is not like that she's just kind of ditzy and very full of herself but pretty harmless um her best friend Miranda who is also popular is the mean one and also normally the mean girl just has a sidekick character that you don't get much about but in this episode, we proved that that's not the case for her and Courtney's relationship because this whole episode is about Miranda scheming, like while Courtney is planning her own thing. Uh, Miranda scheming and doing her thing. We don't get a lot of Courtney, we get a lot of Miranda and what she's doing along with Ginger and her friends. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, we already know that Courtney is kind of shallow. I think she's just not used to anything authentic and. So I guess that's why her and Miranda's friendship works so well 
is because Miranda's not just going to be a person that says yes around you all the time. Miranda's her own person and doesn't really care about sucking up to Courtney, which we see because she plans this whole elaborate scheme on her own and does her own thing without Courtney. So I thought that was another interesting aspect that gets introduced, especially since we're so used to those early 2000s tropes where the mean girl is kind of like the schemer and knows everything and then she just has like the sidekick that's along for the ride. I always love Carl's like business-minded, can talk you into anything, gets what he wants, is not afraid of anything kind of attitude. Um, it's kind of inspiring honestly, but he's such a great character. Hedzi is just kind of like a lovable dope and we didn't get a lot of Darren in this episode. He was kind of there for moral support and we, I know he's the boy next door, but it's not said in this episode yet. At least I don't recall it being said. Um, Dodie is that character that she's like obsessed with image. So like when Ginger gets invited to Courtney Grippling's birthday party, she is more excited about it than Ginger is. I mean, Ginger's excited about it, but Dodie is like, oh my gosh, anyone who's anyone is going to be there. And Ginger is just like, this will be cool. I guess Dodie is definitely that character that likes the hot gossip, likes to be included, and wants to be seen. Macy, Macy is an underappreciated character. And I mean, she's funny in her own way. And I just find her just like a lovable, true character, best friend. If you're looking for a way to watch As Still by Ginger episodes, um, you can just type in on Google, as told by Ginger, and the name of the episodes, like this episode was Ginger the Juvie, and it'll come up on Google. You click the videos tab, and you'll see a Daily Motion uh, link, and you can just watch it on Daily Motion. That's how I'll be watching most of these. I tried finding some way to buy these episodes, but for right now, it just seems I'm going to have to use Daily Motion because there's no way to actually buy the complete DVD set of As Told by Ginger, at least on a site that looks legit. <sighs> so yeah, I guess Carl learned that if you're going to screw someone over, plan on getting screwed over back. Um, Miranda should have learned that sometimes nice people win. And Courtney should learn that it's okay to care about someone other than yourself. And that's it for episode one. I hope you enjoyed it. And I guess I'll see you next Saturday.